Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Podcast. I just wanted to come in here and say that the first few minutes is us talking, but we're outside. We're recording it outside, so it's just to rain, and we're kind of deluding ourselves into thinking that it'll stop raining and that it's super sunny. So I just want to mention that because we do get kind of distracted. And yeah, anyways, enjoy the episode. Okay, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today it is a sunny day outside. <laughs> I'm putting that into the universe. Anyways, we are going to ignore... Never mind, I'm not going to say anything. Because it's sunny. sunny. It's super sunny. So, I love um, true crime. Well, actually, no, I don't. I mean, I do, kind of. Like I, And I started getting into it because of the YouTuber, Stephanie Sue. And I just love her videos. And she makes mukbangs, but she always talk, talks about true crime. And I have no one else to tell except for Nadia. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's sunny. It's <laughs> Okay, let's continue. Okay, back to Stephanie Sue. So, okay, I'm back. Um, because the next part is kind of like random. Like I kind of started off in a sentence, but I don't even know why it started off like that. Because I forgot where I left off, and we had to move places because it was like really raining. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> I'm always kind of intrigued in like these weird true crime stories because like. It's just so weird that these people exist, right? And so I'm assuming that not everyone's like super twisted, you know. So I'm gonna like we're gonna ease into this. So the first one I'm gonna talk about is she's kind of popular. I feel like people have heard of her before, and it's pretty popular in the true crime community, whatever. And her name's Anna Delby, and she is a remarkable woman because she managed to pull this whole thing off. So by the way, the sources are Stephanie Sue. I heard it from her video. And then the YouTube channel Vanity Fair and uh, Mr. Nicole Cheddar. Okay, so this happened in from 2016 to 2017, kind of. So um, Anna Delvey was like a socialite. She was an heiress, and she was mainly in New York City. And she had this kind of like Gatsby-ish background. Like, do you remember? So if you didn't watch or read The Great Gatsby, he's like this super rich guy with like a mansion and everything. But no one really knows how he got rich. It's like it was like new money. So. But people, but then but he pretended to be old money. He was, no, remember he was trying to, but everyone knew he was new money. But like, oh no, but I think I think the old money people knew he was he wasn't. But like, you know, people had like all these rumors, like oh he went to Oxford and oh he had God. all this money. So it's the same thing with Anna. Like, um, people were saying like oh her father was a Russian billionaire, or a Russian diplomat, or an oil tycoon, or a solar energy capitalist. People didn't really know how she got rich. They just knew that she was loaded, and she also had an internship at a Paris magazine. She didn't have a per- permanent residence in the U.S., but she did visit New York, like, at, for months at a time. And she would stay in these, like, luxury hotels. Like, I'm going to name some. I've never been to any of these, but, like, they're the Beekman, Eleven Howard, the Standard, Very Sunny Day. <laughs> so, a little bit about her lifestyle. She, like I said, stayed in an expensive hotel. So, like, because she wasn't a permanent resident, she didn't have, like, a place to stay. So, she would stay in... If you can hear it. I really hope you can't hear it. That's not right. What are you talking about? Um, what was I talking about? She didn't have a, like a permanent place to stay. So she would like, you know, like Sweet Life on, of Zach and Cody? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, my bag. So she would stay in like hotels, right? What the fuck is this? Okay. Um, and she would also like, all her meals would be in like, really expensive like fine dining kind of restaurants ridiculous. <laughs> hey guys i'm back yet again because i totally forgot that this happened so basically we had moved to a place under a tree but it started raining like super heavily like it is right now so if you can hear it i'm really fucking sorry i don't know what it is about me and rain i seem to attract it i'm not gonna say that because i'm gonna manifest that um where was i going with this right uh this is the last time i'm gonna come in and talk like while i'm editing because we end up moving to my car and then i don't think there's any other interruptions besides that so yeah that's all enjoy the rest of the podcast sorry again for all these uh technical issues okay bye dishes especially for her and then we she would like charge them to her hotel room so she wouldn't pay them straight away and everywhere she goes she would travel by private jet which is horrible for the environment by the way and she would like boast to her friends about these business meetings with like the top one percent like bill gates kind of people and she even had like an expensive ass personal trainer so like 300 dollars per session she had 400 dollars eyelash extensions she would give out 100 dollars tips 
and like she was basically living the life and her ultimate goal was to buy real estate in park avenue south in new york city to open like a soho house um under like she called she wanted to call it adf which was anna delphi foundation so it'd be like for members only so she'd have like art and restaurants and shops and bars and she wanted this so much so she even like sought help for it so she went to banks talk about loans she got advice from financial advisors where's my bottle oh here um and yeah so she ran into her first sign of trouble when the one of the hotels she was staying at called 11 howard finally realizes they didn't have a working credit card on her uh, that her bills were piling up like so basically she would come in and she would spend all this money but like she'd be like you charge it to the room but they realized they didn't have her credit card so she was just like because but you know she comes in like you don't really question a really rich person yeah. like you know they'd be like yeah i'm rich i'll pay right later but then they kind of got suspicious for a while so then what anna decided to do was to leave just leave new york city so she went in a private jet to some uh, stockholders meeting or whatever so she had this common theme of kind of running away from her problems so she ends up meeting this girl her name is rachel williams at one of like the events that she goes to and rachel is a photo editor at for vanity fair and in May 2017, Anna's like, okay, let's, like, you know, her, I think her visa is expiring. So she was like, you know, let's, let's, um, where's she from? She's from Russia. Over. Oh, right. So she was like, let's, let's, you know, let's have fun. Let's go somewhere. You know, my visa is expiring, so I gotta leave, right? So she's like, okay. So she invited Rachel, her personal trainer, and some videographer to kind of document her journey to achieve, like, the real estate she wanted to buy for her Soho house, right? So they went to this exclusive resort in Morocco. So that it was like, they had like, like really nice like restaurants and bars and private pools. They had their own butler. It was $7,000 per night. It was like fucking expensive, right? So Rachel's a photo editor, but like New York City is an expensive place. So she doesn't, she earns like $60,000 a year, but you know, it's, it's, it's good, but it's like, it's not like a lot of money. She's not loaded. So she was like, you know, I, I can't pay for this. And I was like, it's okay. I got you girl. I got you. And she paid for everyone, I believe. Um, and she offered to pay for everything. So after a while, everything was fine until the hotel started pressuring Anna for her credit card. They're like, okay, well, we need a working credit card because you know you have all these bills, but we just need to make sure, right? And and then Anna tried to use her card. I think they were out shopping, her and Rachel, and then the card didn't go through. And then Rachel was like, did you tell like the bank that you're gonna go to Morocco? Because if not, you know, it's, not, it's like you know, if someone steals your card and they use it somewhere else. Oh, so they, yeah. Yeah. So then she was like, oh my god, no, I didn't. So then it was like. And it was like, um, she was like, do you mind paying first? And it was like, okay, fine. So she like offered to pay first. Mm-hmm. And, she, and then she ended up having to pay first for the hotel and everything. And again, she only makes 60000 a year. But the bills racked up to $62,000. So now Rachel was in debt. But then Anna was like, it's okay. As long as, I mean, like when I get home and when we get home, I will pay you everything back. She was like, okay. Like I, she believed Anna, right? So she had to go back first because she had work to do. And then when Anna comes back to New York City, like her downfall kind of continues. So the real estate that she wanted to purchase for her big um, thing, it was sold to someone else. So, and then um, the New York Post came out with the article calling her a wannabe socialite. And the New York DA was like on her ass. Okay, so like basically people knew that there's something up with Anna, right? So Rachel would continuously ask Anna like, you know, where's my money back? I need my money back. I'm in debt, right? Cause she didn't have yeah. that much money. And so Anna like and and I'd be like yeah I just send it to you like uh, she would send like fake transaction proof mm-hmm. so so every time she'd be like no it's it's not real like I um it's not there and then so finally Rachel went to find Anna um and was like you know give me my money back but then Anna was like you know I I have a check for you but when, when Rachel showed up she's like ah oh, I, I don't know where I put the check like you know I just I, I couldn't find Anna. Rachel was like, what the fuck? So Rachel was like, you know, I'm done with this shit. So she called the police and it turns out the police was already like investigating her and yeah. like working on like um, all that stuff. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned, but like, oh, I forgot to mention. When she came back to New York City, the hotel she was staying at kicked her out and they kept her stuff because she didn't pay, right? So she moved to another luxury hotel, but then they kicked her out too because they found out about her and her like shady past. And it's kind of crazy that these hotels would even accept someone without checking they had I was it. wondering why would they let her in if she doesn't give a credit card because like, I think like check in because she had she was so good at playing that role because like you know it's like if Bill Gates goes to a hotel you're not gonna be like dude where's your card because you know it's Bill Gates and you know he's fucking loaded so that I think she was just so good at that like 
people didn't even question it. And everyone kind of knew, because like, people knew Anna, like, she was like, pretty popular. So anyways, the, um, she eventually gets arrested. She's charged for grand larceny, falsifying documents, and theft of services. And she had like, basically, she kind of, yeah, she basically stole up to $275,000 that she owed to banks, hotels, and friends, etc. So, actually, the Anna Delvey isn't even, oh, Anna Delvey isn't even her real name. Her name is Anna Sorokin. She's from Russia, but she moved to Germany at 16. And you know how I say, like, her dad's, like, this Russian billionaire? Yeah. Her dad's, a, like, a regular old truck driver. Like, ran the farm and shit. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, she faked everything, basically. She just, she pulled the Gatsby, right? Except the Gatsby actually yeah, did shit, mean. right? Because she, like, he did bootlegging or whatever. She didn't do shit. So I'm thinking, like, how the fuck did she pull this off, right? Because if mm-hmm. she came and she had no money... So the only thing that was true that she was, um, was she had an internship at the Paris Magazine, and she did really did want the end goal. So what she did, most of the things were like, kind of like build. I guess she was trying to network so that when she Maybe reaches she was that, just manifesting wouldn't come true. <laughs> I was thinking that too, but I was like, I don't think manifesting and scamming are the same thing. So she went to the National Bank, right? She yeah. was like, guys, I need a twenty-two million dollar loan, but don't worry, don't worry, okay? Because I got sixty million British pounds in assets. And you know how she proved this? The fake documents that they believed. And they were like, okay, okay, we see you have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So we just need $100,000 to like check, you know, because they need to investigate yeah. and they need to like cover legal fees and everything. So she's like, okay. But she doesn't have 100000 right? So I'm thinking, how the fuck did she put that? She went to another bank and was like, hey, so I, I'm borrowing $22 million, right? But I need $100,000 first. So when I get that $22 million, I'll pay you back. I don't even worry about it. They're like, okay. So they gave her the 100000 and she went to like, you know, give it because she said she didn't really want that end goal. Yeah. But she had 100000 to give. So like, okay, what about all the money she uses all the time? She had a lot of fake checks and she would like cash them in before anyone would notice that they were fake. So she always had cash. She didn't have credit. That's why she never had like a working credit oh. card. Because she didn't want to like leave a trace. So she always had cash on her. Mm-hmm. So in February 2017, she pulled out of her deal with the National Bank. Because I think this is what happened when like um, the hotel was like, we need your fucking money. Where the you know, like, where's our money, right? So she pulled out. So she, when she pulled out, she got back some of her money, but like they already used up some. So she had forty five thousand left of the hundred thousand USD. So she wired some of them to the hotel, but that was not enough because she still owed Rachel and other hotels and restaurants and her PR company that she hired private jets. She all the parties she threw. So she was in a lot of fucking debt. So fast forward to last, uh, yeah, last year in March, her trial commences. Which, by the way. This woman is so fucking extra, she hired a fashion coordinator for her trial. And not only that... Where'd she get the money, though? Did I they don't realize know. At this point, like... Right? And then, and then, not only that, she pushed back her trial sometimes because she was like, you know, I don't like how I look today, so let's do it another time. And then, at her trial, right? Oh, she uh, she was found guilty for eight charges, which is grand larceny for three counts. By the way, grand larceny means... A crime involving the unlawful taking or theft of the personal property of another person or business. And then she had theft of services, four counts. Attempted grand, grand larceny, one count. But she was innocent for two things, which is attempted grand larceny, one count. Which is basically, like, she was innocent for, like, attempting to steal the $22 million. Like, mm-hmm. they thought, like, she was not going to do that. And grand larceny, one count, for allegedly stealing $62,000 from Rocco from Rachel. So basically, she's innocent for that. Because they just figured, like, maybe she didn't intend to steal the money. Yeah, I'm going to get to that in a second, okay? So, she ends up going to jail in Rikers Island, which is a pretty popular jail for, like, they're notorious for, like, people who are kind of, like, I don't want to say not crazy, but, like, who are just, like, you know they've done some fucked up shit for 4 to 12 years. And she has to pay back $200,000 in restitution plus $24,000 fine. And so you're thinking, like, okay, maybe at this point she's like, you know, I feel so much regret, I feel so bad. No. Okay, the New York Times had an interview with her, and she was like, you know what, I'm not sorry, I'll probably do it again. <laughs> but it's not going to happen, because after she gets released, she's going to be deported back to Germany. So, you're thinking, okay, she like, so basically she was innocent for the 62000 right? Yeah. So Rachel, the girl, she went on um, some TV show mm-hmm. that I watched, I think it was called Oz, and so they interviewed her, and were like, you know how do you feel about the whole thing and she was like you know i obviously was hurt but like she feels like she has no like ill feelings going on words like in the future like but she does feel like hurt by her actions and she wants nothing to do with her and she wrote a book 
situation. She's making money off of people, right? And so I was like, okay, you know, good for her. At least she, you know, she's not like bitter about it, right? Or whatever. I'd be like, I'd fucking go to the jail and beat that bitch up, right? And but then I went to the comment section of the video, and people were like hating on Rachel for making a book. No, okay, the comment section was like flooded with, you know. Rachel deserved it because she was a gold digger. Well, she was stupid what? and naive. And it was not technically... And they were like, you know what? Um, Anna wasn't technically... St- they were not really defending Anna, but they were saying, like, basically, how could you agree to go on, like... You know it's, like, a super expensive trip. And you're like, you let someone pay for you. So how... That's so You know stupid. what I mean? Like, like, they were saying, like, okay, yeah, Anna is, like, it's Anna's fault. But at the same time, Rachel was a gold digger. But, like, okay, I think... Okay, I don't know. say she couldn't pay for it? And Anna was like... Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, like, okay, like, I don't know how I feel about this because Rachel, I feel like it's different if they were both on the same financial status. Like, if I bought you lunch, it's not a big deal mm-hmm. because I know you could buy me lunch, but would it be a big deal if, like, like I was like, let's go to beach, Bali. Beach. <laughs> let's go to Bali, I'll pay for you. Would you feel weird? I would, but then, I mean, if you were at Bali, you paid for me, then I would pay for, like, other stuff. Are you talking about, like, different... Like, a different, like, standard. Like, you know, like, I'm paying for a whole trip for you to Bali. Like, but then, okay, see, it's different, like, if we're... That is a bit... Like, if we're both, like, loaded, like, you know, I'm Kylie and you're her best friend. And then, <laughs> and then you know, I'm like, let's go to Bali. You're gonna go, oh, yeah, fine, I'll pay you back and you can go to Italy. So it's different. Like, yeah. it's, like, the same level as paying for lunch. But if I'm... Oh, if you're on yeah, a lunch level sense. and I'm on a let's go to Bali level... But then also, they were saying how, like... Oh, it wasn't really stealing because Rachel offered, but she was more like she was pressured. Like, don't you think? Like, and she okay, was pressured. But the thing is, if if someone claims like they said, like you know, if I pay in, like if I paid first and you were like, I'll pay you back, mm-hmm. it's different than if I just offered and you never said anything. Yeah. So I feel like she doesn't deserve all that shit. But also, she did write a book. <laughs> I was like, you know. When I was like researching, I saw this guy, and the only way, the only reason he got caught, uh-huh. I don't remember his name because I didn't think, but he wrote a book about it. Okay. So they couldn't find, so they left it as, as an open verdict because they couldn't find the killer. And he wrote a book about it, but he wrote it from the killer's point of view. Oh, I heard about this. Wait, really? So then, obviously, they, they, they used his book to find him. Oh my god. To find god. clues to make him look guilty. What the fuck? And when they caught him, he had he had plans on his laptop. They found him, they found plans of him, uh, Researching and how to researching for another murder to write a second book. Oh my god! So he's a killer. <laughs> he was the killer. Yeah. Oh my god! And he wrote a book about it. <laughs> That's so stupid. Because people always say like you're like best at writing what you already know. So I was thinking like that. So yeah, that was that. Also, she was like Anna was like, I mean, it was like a long time ago, but she was on Instagram. Like she was famous and shit. She was like lots of followers. So Can like, I see her. But like if you see her, you probably wouldn't know her. Like I didn't know her either. But like apparently she was. No, like, because I feel like if I see her face, it'll make it more true. Because right now it just feels like a story to me. Right? Isn't it like it? I was just like, how do you fake everything? Like that's that's a lot. Well, what's your name? Anna. Anna Delvey. I like how you said you're gonna start it off like slow and easy. Uh-huh. But you went into that. My slow and easy was <laughs> so different. So I got this off. Um. This is, when I was like looking up true crime, most of them are all like, I feel like they're all kind of the same but different. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like, you, most of the ones that I watch are normally murders or whatever, and they're all like the same but kind of different, like different situations where everyone's getting killed. So I, I wanted to find something funny. I know that sounds stupid. <laughs> I was like, let's find something interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. So I found this one. It's not really, I don't know if it's a crime. I mean, there is a crime, but it's not like as big as anything that we're gonna talk about. But so I got it off Hey Gabster on YouTube, and this is like her telling her story. And so she's South African, I don't know from where, but she's South African. And so the, the story starts off, she had just moved to Johannesburg, if I can say it. Yeah. Okay. So she had just moved there and she was like walking downtown. I don't know where she was walking, but she was walking somewhere. And she, someone like, she felt someone like tap her shoulder. But when she looked back, she didn't see anyone. She just saw like an oil stain on her jacket. Okay. So she didn't think anything of it. She was just like, you know, I gotta go back and wash it. Like she was, she didn't really think anything of it. And then someone along the way, people kept stopping her and were like oh you have like i don't know what it was but it was like this oil mark means your money's gonna turn to paper money is paper so no like turn into like like it's not gonna be valuable anymore she's gonna be paper okay 
so she was like she obviously she, her first thought was like that's bullshit that's not uh-huh. gonna happen she didn't believe all that but more and more people kept saying it as she went down like two or three other people were like no it's gonna do so she kind of got like because she's heard stories of it before like and I don't know I've never been there but she was like that's a thing like people believe there okay. so she was like maybe it is true because everyone kept saying it so she was kind of like oh maybe this is really you know maybe there's some I don't know what's it like mystical or something okay. so uh, the last girl that stopped her was like uh, you have to do it or your money's gonna turn to paper and I can like help you it's not a big deal we can just go to the bathroom and like get it off oh, okay so uh, she was like yeah sure why not so they go to the bathroom and she was like okay uh, so you need to secure your money though because it's gonna turn to paper so she's there with her sister I think it was and they were like and uh, she was like yeah okay so the, this is so stupid I don't know why she fell for it she even said it on the thing she was like she doesn't know what she fell for and she was embarrassed saying it but I thought it was hilarious so the person was like okay you gotta take all your money out and you have to spit on him so she, so she spat on it she's like no I can take I take the toilet paper you just need to wrap it up in toilet paper the so they took it and she dressed it up in toilet paper and the girl's like no no more so she took the money she was like wrapping it like this girl that was helping her out was like wrapping it and wrapping it and wrapping it and the worst part she was like okay she gave up the, the money and the wrapped up in toilet paper she gave it back to her and she said okay now put it in your pants and she oh put it in God. her pants and she You're was kidding. Like, what the hell? Right, I'm listening to this. I was like, why would you do that? That sounds so stupid. So she put it in her pants and she goes, the lady was like, okay, now you can't touch it for like at least an hour because it needs to like, I don't know what, some magic's going to happen. So don't touch it. Leave it in your pants for at least an hour. So she's downtown shopping, right? So she was like, okay, well, we can't shop anymore because I got money in my pants mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't touch it. So they went home. But when they got home, I don't know what it was, but when they got home, they were like, okay, this is kind of stupid. We got bunch of toilet paper in her pants so they take it out and her sister's like taking it just unraveling it and all she could find was toilet paper and she was like oh maybe it really did turn to paper that was like their first thought okay but the more they it was just toilet paper okay but how did she take the money when she took it over to who wrapped it so the the girl wrapped it the one helping out wrapped the money oh, so they got man. scammed are you fucking and I was kidding like, me i watching i was like that and she was like, as she was saying it, the, oh the one that got scammed, she was like, you know, you just gotta laugh at yourself because <laughs> that was my fault for believing that shit. Oh my god, I thought she, oh my god. But didn't she see, like, where the money, what the hell? I don't know how she did it. I don't, she didn't, like, go to it. Oh my god. I just thought that was funny. That was, that's it. That's how short <laughs> my story was. <laughs> so we're gonna take a really huge turn because we're gonna talk about murder. <laughs> so I actually wanted to talk about another case. I feel like I talked to you about it, but I'm not sure. It's about this girl called Junko Futaro. She's from J- Japan. And I, I read about it on Twitter, like, I think a year ago or two years ago. And it was, like, basically she, like, endured 44 days of, like, pure torture. There were, like, these, like, there, were, there was this guy. He was, like, the school bully, but actually he had ties to the Yakuza, which is, like, the Japanese mafia. Mm-hmm. And, like, him and his friends kidnapped her and, like, like beat her and sexually assaulted her. Or was this a gang one where... It was like every like, in the for, van. No, another one. Okay. It was like in a, okay, I'm not gonna talk about it because it's like okay. It was like I knew about it, but then like I was watching a, I was listening to a podcast, like Stephanie's podcast, and it was like it was so so graphic. So I'm not gonna talk about it this time. I mean, I say that now, but I'm gonna talk about something pretty graphic still, but like a lot less graphic. So just a trigger warning. I will be talking about torture and sexual assault and just horrible, awful things. So I heard about this from TikTok. It was some like video and I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. And I got most of my information from these two YouTube channels, mainly the second one. Um, first one's Nightmares Before Bedtime. And the other one is by the YouTuber called Eleanor Neal. So this happened in May 1999 in Sim Hong Kong. So there was this 14-year-old girl. She went to the police station and she was like distressed. And she was like, you know, I'm being haunted. And I need to come here. I'm here because I need to tell you that the thing that's haunting me, this girl, is this woman. Yeah. And if I don't come here and tell you, she's gonna keep haunting me for the rest of the, for the rest of the, for the rest of my life. And the police were like, they're like, what? Because like you know they're police, not like yeah. supernatural detector people, right? But then they like continued to listen to her because she had like all these things to say. So basically, basically, she said that she was part of a group that consisted of three other men were all part of the triad so the triad is a chinese mafia and the other three people were chan man Lok, who was 34 who was also her boyfriend okay and at the time that she's telling me she's 14 but when it all happened she was 13 years old okay and then leong xing cho who was 27 years old and leong wai luov who was 21 years old so they were in his group and they tortured and assaulted and abused um at, um fan man yi who was Some a 14 year old 
Okay. She's part of the group. Okay. And they tortured this other girl named Fun Money, who was, uh, I don't remember how old she was, like around in her 20s. And she was a sex worker. So Money was abandoned by her parents at a young age, and she ended up in an orphanage. So at 16, they kind of like, they consider adults, so they have to like leave. Mm-hmm. So she had to, so she didn't have any money, so she ended up resorting to illegal sex work, drugs, and petty theft so she could survive. And she also had a son. Um, I'm assuming it's from, like, like it's not really clear where it's from, but it's probably from one of her clients, right? So in 1997, Money was 21, so she worked in a brothel. So she moved from working from the streets to moving to working in a brothel because it's a bit safer. And a lot of her clients were members of the triad, which is like I said, just now the Chinese mafia. And her regular client was Man Lok, the 34-year-old guy. He's mm-hmm. a, okay, he's the main guy. So after one of their sessions, she kind of like decided, like you know, it's kind of scary to like be like, have your clients be part of the triad because you know if you screw something, if you like do like even the little mis- littlest mistake, you know they could fuck you yeah. up, right? And whatever they could do to you, they could. So she decided to kind of like disassociate herself after that, I think, because she got scared. But before she did that, she decided to steal his wallet. And his nice. wallet had nice. <laughs> his wallet had four thousand Hong Kong dollars. And obviously, he found out eventually. And he was like, "Okay, bitch, where the fuck is my money?" She's like, "Okay, yeah, you fine. I'll give it back to you." She gave back the four thousand dollars, but he was like, "No, that's not enough. I want interest of ten thousand dollars." So she was like, "Um, okay, well, I can give it back to you. You just gotta give me some time because I'm gonna, you know, work, right?" Mm-hmm. And so time went by, but Monlook was like, nah, man, this is too long. I'm, I want my fucking money back. This bitch took my money, and I want my money back. And he was like waiting. He felt like he was waiting too long. So he got help from the other two guys, Xing Cho and Wai Luo. And he was like, you know, let's kidnap her. So they took some time to find her because um, she ended up leaving the brothel because, like, you know, she was obviously paranoid. But in uh, March 1999, they found her on the streets, and they kidnapped her. And they brought her to this abandoned, old, run-down, dingy um, apartment building that the triad owned. And so Monlok was the main perpetrator, right? So he decided, you know what, since you can't pay me, let's start like a small little brothel with just with just money. And so instead of like having to, because she had 10000 she kind of owed him 10000 She didn't really, but you know, he made her do that. So the plan was that she would offer sex work to him and his friends and he would take all the money so she wouldn't even she wasn't even getting paid and this was a really really bad like like the apartment was so like run down and disgusting and she had to stay there right and so the first night at the apartment she was brutally tortured and raped by these three men repeatedly the whole day and that happens every day so at first she was beaten without any weapons but then they were like no, let's bring in some other stuff so that you would use utensils or metal bars, even pieces of furniture. And they would force money to smile and be happy while being beaten. If not, she was beaten harder. And eventually she was beaten so badly that she could no longer perform the sex work that she was asked to do. And the clients were like no longer like interested anymore because mm-hmm. she was so like she was bruised and she like was basically kind of like she was paralyzed right like she can't really move much and so Manluk was like you know what I still want to keep you because I want to like abuse you and torture you right so they I hate to say this but like they kind of came up with more like creative ways to torture her so they would burn plastic on her body oh they burn the bottoms of her feet and so like you know she would have these wounds right they're like okay let's rub things on her wounds so they put spices and dirt <laughs> Okay, if you think this is bad, oh, I don't hear this. Wait, you, I'll tell you later after we film this about the other girl. That was like fucking. No, it's even worse. You guys gonna so gonna make you listen. Okay, and they would like force her to consume her own urine and her own feces. And if she would start to gag, they would beat her for it. And they were like, you know what? This is not enough. Let's hang her from the ceiling fan. Okay, and I was like, what the fuck? Okay, so one night, so like, so sorry. Every time they go out, they leave the apartment. They lock money in the bathroom so she can't escape. So one day, all of them went out, plus the girl, in the 13 year old. That's not a girlfriend, by the way. He's just a pedophile. They locked her in the bathroom. And when they came back, the girl found her dead because no fucking shit. This happened for like a month, I think. And they were like, oh shit, she's dead. I don't know why they were surprised. Like, do you think that she's gonna keep living, right? And then they were like discussing ways to dispose of her body. So Manla was like, mm-hmm. guys, I got it. Let's dismember her body so that. No one can find her. 
right? So she t he took a butcher knife and he was like, chop, 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 just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, this is like so alarming to me. But like, they like, he basically chopped up her body, right? So that like, so there's all the bones, right? But there's still flesh. So what do you do with this flesh? You boil it in a fucking pot. Okay, so they um, boiled it on the stove, you know? Yeah. And there were even reports saying that, you know, while they were boiling it, flesh mm -hmm. they know like you know what we're still hungry so they just oh. boiled the pot of noodles next to her flesh <laughs> and they would still use the pot after they were done burning her flesh it was gone they were like you know we can still eat it it's fucking disgusting right so and gross. then and then they would keep her organs in the fridge so it won't smell okay and i don't know if i mentioned this but it's called hello kitty murder but like and you're like thinking why is it hello kitty yeah, why is it called because after everything was you know like they kept the organs in the fridge they burned mm -hmm. the flesh they're like okay well we have her skull the fuck are we gonna do this you know so they were like you know they, they brought a whole new meaning to stuffed toy because they stuffed her skull in a hello kitty mermaid like stuffed toy and it was just there for what because they were like what the fuck are we gonna do with the with the, with the skull right you can just like okay. leave it in the ground okay so they stuffed it inside there so that you couldn't see it so like, they stuffed it and like zipped it out so you can't you, you, you wouldn't know because it's all inside right so yeah, all of this information was from the 14-year-old girl because she came. I was about to ask, how'd they figure out, like... Because who? she, so she kind of, like, um, she didn't participate in everything, but she did kind of participate in, like, the beating and stuff sometimes. But, like, some of it, like, she was told by them. So she, like, it's kind of a thing, like, within the culture, like, you know, to be haunted by people who are dead, right? Not mm -hmm. haunted, but, like, you know, if you believe in the whole spiritual thing. And I guess because, like, anyway, if you don't believe in that, like, she's carrying around guilt, right? And like, yeah. I feel like you can't completely blame her because like, these were like mafia people and she was 13. Oh, that's who she was haunted by. She was haunted by the girl. So that's why she like felt all this, like she's like, I need to go to the police, right? Mm -hmm. And so she was telling everything, right? And then, but so the police went to arrest the guys and the guys were like, I don't know, I don't know what she's talking about. That, that didn't happen. <laughs> see, what actually happened was we had a small brothel with just money. Yeah, yeah, that was true. But see, money was a drug addict. She was kind of but like in the story they were like she's a drug addict and she was like always coked up so like one day she's overdosed and we're like holy shit because she's under our care we don't know what to do so we dispose of her body like yeah what twisted person would think like let's boil her flesh right so that was their excuse and the thing is because there is no body left it's hard yeah. to find evidence right to convict them for a murder so they were convicted instead for manslaughter which by the way is the difference so manslaughter is the crime of killing a human being without malice Aforethought, or otherwise, in circumstances not amounting to murder. So basically, like, it's like an accident. You mean to? Yeah. Um, you, know, you know the guy, Mr. Mosby from Sweet Life. Oh. Yeah. He was charged for manslaughter. Yeah. I heard I was like, oh. Okay. Anyway, so and they had a life sentence with possibly a parole in 20 years, which is some time now. So after all this happened, right? In 2012, the building was finally demolished, which is weird because it took so long. Because like right after her death, people were doing some like like. Stuff like they were trying to talk to her or something like her spirit, oh. and like in the beginning, like it was fine, but it became like really disrespectful. Cause like, why she just leave her alone, man? Yeah. Like you know, even if you if you believe in that stuff, like she went through like hell of a life. Why would you want to be like, so how you doing? Like you know, like, just leave her alone, right? And then 2016, they built a new hotel over that building, and I'm like, I can't imagine like going there and be like, oh, oh so this happened, yeah. So that was that. <laughs> I thought it was, I mean, it's not cool. Murder is not cool. <laughs> oh, thought, you're just murder too? Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. Okay, yeah, I just want to preface by saying, like, I hope no one thinks we're glamorizing this. We're not. I just think it's really, I don't want to say fascinating, but, like, I feel like it's so, I feel like it's so, like, I can't really fathom that these people are real. Like, how could you think about, like, seeing someone doing stuff like that? Like, and I'm laughing because I'm nervous. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit of a nervous laughter. But, like, you know, like, it's just, like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even seem like, mm -hmm. We even have it in a movie, and have it, let alone in real life. It's so sick, honestly. Okay, here's mine. So it's called an almost perfect murder. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. I feel bad for laughing. Um, it's not that gruesome though, so it's like okay, okay, okay. It's it's kind of stupid, but it's not okay. gruesome. And um, the reason I don't know how to say I'll just say it now, but the reason it's called an almost perfect murder is because all the clues they found were by chance. What? It was all an accident. How? That they managed to catch this guy. Okay. So um. I don't know how long they said it took two years to catch this guy okay. so basically it started in like 1996 where this guy's body ronald platt mm -hmm. he was found in I don't, I don't know where i got this from i got this from like some crime investigation uh sh channel so 
he, this fisherman, and again, this fisherman, this area where they were fishing is like rarely fished at. Does that make sense? Right? Okay. So, so they, they have this like, it's this huge net. It's not like fishing. They didn't, not okay, with a like, fishing okay, rod. Okay, okay. okay. It was this huge net. It's like a proper fishing boat. And when they pulled up the fish, they also pulled up a dead man. Oh my god. And so they went to like the police and everything and they like they couldn't really find like the police couldn't link him to anyone. They they found out who the guy was because his watch and again by chance, so they have he was wearing a Rolex watch and uh besides that he had nothing on him, like no wallet, no ID, nothing, he had a tattoo, but they couldn't really figure out anything about the tattoo. And he had a bru he had bruises on his leg and the back of his leg. And again they couldn't find the murder weapon or anything. So they really didn't have anything to go on. And one of the officers there was like, oh, act- if you are on the Rolex, you can find the serial number. And if he sent it for service, I think it was, you can check who owns the mm-hmm. watch. So they did that. They found out who the guy was. And they found out his name was Ronald Platt. So they're investigating. They go and they, they're investigating and they're talking to, like, I guess his family and his friends. And they meet this guy. I guess he was, like, a close friend. I don't know how they found him, but they found him. His name was... David Davis and they asked him for help and he he didn't really know anything about like he couldn't help them he just said he has a photo like if you want to identify the guy this is the photo but he didn't he didn't know his whereabouts he was like oh yeah I think he was in France he thought Ronald was in France so they didn't really have there was really nothing so they left it as like an open verdict they were gonna that means they they couldn't do anything so they were like okay the guy maybe he just like fell maybe he was like out on a boat he fell in the sea and he drowned right so they had to do some like last minute formalities so they before they could close the case so they went back to their uh the people they interviewed they're trying to get like loose ends or they're just trying to get like i don't know some last minute statements so they went to the fisherman and he said when they uh anything else he found and he found an anchor in the thing and the policeman didn't really think anything of it they were like yeah sure like let's take the anchor into what's it called like into evidence but they really didn't know what to do with this anchor and when they went back to find uh, David, they couldn't track him. They tried calling him and they couldn't track him. So they went to his house. But it was like this little village and there were only like three houses. So they were supposed to, he went to the wrong house. This is again, by chance. Who was the wrong house? The police that went to go find David Davis. Okay. They, he went to the wrong house. Really manifesting accident. this. Hmm? Really manifesting all of this. I don't know. And when they went to the wrong house, they were like, uh, the couple, there was an elderly couple there and they were like, oh, this isn't, there was an, there's a name for the house and he's like oh this isn't the house that's the house down there down there that's the house down there and he was like and they were like the elderly couple couple i can't talk elderly couple elderly couple were like who are you looking for and he's like i'm looking for david davis and he was like no no no. a ronald platt lives there wait 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 wait, wait, wait. isn't ronald platt the guy to die right so there he was like wait what and so he's talking to them and they're describing the same person but it's a different name. So I've they know him. Yeah. They know him as Ron Platt, but he knew him as David Davis. Okay, okay. And he was like, okay, that's a bit suspicious now, right? Yeah. Like, why is his... Why? And they couldn't find him. I don't know why they couldn't find him. But I think the house was empty. I don't know what it was. But they couldn't find him. And they were... So he talked more to the elderly couple. They were, like, happy to help because, you know. So they were like, yeah, he... It's His name is Ron Platt, and he lives there with his wife. And his wife is, like, a really, really young wife, and he has two kids. And they were like, okay, maybe we should... It sounded like kind of suspicious that this David Davis guy had the same name, like he was using his friend's identity. So they went, they reopened the case and they were like, okay, we're gonna look further into it. And then they found, like, through. So Ron Platt had a brother, and then through the brother, they found out he had this, like, a girlfriend who he wasn't with anymore, but he was with for like 10 years and they were like living together and everything. Except for the guy that died, right? Yeah. Okay. So. They went to the girlfriend's house. Her name is Elaine Boyce. And they were... So she went back, like, to 1992 when they first met... What the fuck's wrong with me? When they first met uh, David Davis. And they were, like... She was explaining to them how they knew each other. And he was, like, oh, yeah. He came into... He walked into this fine art auctioneer's. And she was a reception there. So they started talking. And he was really charming. She kept saying this. Like, the whole interview, she kept saying, he was really charming. He was really, like, friendly. Like, we all loved him. And the whole community, everyone loved him. And uh, he offered them, I don't know why, but he offered them jobs in his company. He was like, yeah, sure, like, work for me. I can give you more money. And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. And his company name was Cavendish Corporation, which sounded also really, like, she said it sounded really, what's the word? Fancy. Not fancy, like, authentic, like, proper. Like, she thought it was a real company. So uh, they, I don't know how, but they, they became, like, really good family friends after that. And they were out one day and he was like yeah you guys can be directors in my company 
And I thought that was weird, like watching us. Yeah, and why would you make them? Like yeah, right. But she was, but he was so charming, and he had so like he explained everything, and to them it made sense okay. because he had a wife who was chasing him for alimony. So okay. he was like, so he didn't want his name on any of the papers. He didn't want to be able. He didn't want his wife to be able to track him. Okay. So they were like, okay, yeah, sure, let's. Yeah, whatever, let's. We can be the director. The director. And they also met his daughter. His daughter was named Noelle, I think. And she kept saying that, like Elaine, the, the girlfriend of Ron, was saying that she seemed really shy, and was but she seemed really in awe of her father. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing suspicious at all. Okay. Um, and they met. I think they met in, like Christmas. I don't know how long they've been friends by now. I think it was like a year, or maybe like less. And they were now. They they wanted to move to Canada. I don't know why they wanted to move to Canada, but Ron and his girlfriend wanted to move to Canada. And this David Davis guy was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll you know, I can like give you the money for it, like go for it. Not give you the money for it, but he was more like, yeah, I can give you more work so you can earn enough to go to Canada like this February. And they were like, oh, that's really soon. We don't even have like our jobs. We don't have anything secure. Like, no, 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 you're going this February. And he was really like insistent mm-hmm. on it. And they were like, yeah, sure. So they move out to Canada, but because it was so sudden, she couldn't. Um, uh, what's her name? Elaine couldn't find work, and her husband struggled to find work, and they had like no money, and it was it wasn't really nice, and it was also February was like winter there, so yeah. they they were having a hard time. So I think it was like five months, and she Elaine moved back to America. Okay, and she met up with she moved back to uh, America. She met up with David Davis because now they were family friends. They were going to like I think it was her sister's wedding, Elaine's sister's wedding, and they met up and everything, and he kept telling. Me, her, go back to Canada, go back to your husband. You guys were so, you were meant for each other. You guys okay. were so in love, like, don't give up on him. And she thought it was kind of like, she didn't think it was weird, but she was like, no, I'm, I'm not going back. He was like, no, go back. He was really into, like, he kept wanting to, like, mend them. I don't know what the word is, but he was like, no, go for him. He loves you. Like, you guys can make it work. And she was like, no, she's not going back. So after that, he moved. David Davis moved. He was so weird. Mm-hmm. He moved and he cut off all ties with her because she didn't have his address. She didn't, she had his number, but like, I don't know why she couldn't, I don't know, but that's all she had, just his number, no address, no new address, his email, nothing, so she couldn't, they basically, they cut off, and he moved on, he moved on to, like, another, I don't know where he moved on, but he moved on, they weren't friends anymore, and he changed, that's when he changed his name to Ron Platt, so for the next three years, David Davis lived his life as Ron Platt, and, why? Okay, so that's, like, this is, like, how the invest. I'm just telling you how the investigation went, okay, okay. so, three months after they found the body and they talked to David Davis and everything and he talked to um, Elaine and they were like talking on the phone because I don't know why but they were talking on the phone and he didn't mention the dead body he didn't mention that Ron had been uh, found right and she did mention to him she was like oh have you heard from Ron yet and he was like I'm not sure I've been in France like David was in France so he didn't hear anything but he had heard right so when she went back to the cops when she went back to the police they were like oh yeah we talked to David why was she lying but she was like, oh, but he didn't mention anything about a dead... Like, you, uh-huh. you can't just skip over that. So yeah. she thought there's something suspicious there. Yeah. So the next time they called, she said... She mentioned it to him. She didn't want to lie, but she didn't want to... She, she was kind of suspicious of him, but she didn't want to, like... Like, you know, she didn't want to scare him off. So she told him, she was like, yeah, okay. Uh, also, the, the police talked to me. Like, did you hear, like, I, like uh, Ron's dead? And he was like, oh, yeah, let's meet up for a coffee. And she said she remembers saying remembered hearing I don't know she remembered that his voice kind of like changed like his tone like because up till then he was really happy excited upbeat but then when she said that he kind of like turned quiet and he was like really like not skeptical but he was kind of like um it just he just it was like a different mood altogether Mm -hmm. so they met up for coffee and he kept saying he was like talking about how he's so sad and he was like um he was praying for him and he was like oh he wished all these good things and he can't believe it but she kept thinking that it sounded really shallow. It didn't really sound like himself. Mm-hmm. And she didn't mention anything about the cops. She didn't do anything. She was kind of talking to him, but she didn't want to like play it as if she was suspicious. So she kind of like played cool and was like, yeah, me too. I'm also really sad, blah, blah, blah. Then right after that meeting, she called the cops. He, he took the train home, so she called the cops. So the cops were supposed to be waiting for him at his train station, like at his stop, but he didn't go home that night. So I think he knew, okay. so he, he didn't go home that night. and. Uh, yeah, he didn't go home. So the cop, the cop who had accidentally gone to the wrong house, he went to. I don't know if Elaine at this point knew that he was using the name Ron, if David was using the name Ron, mm-hmm. but the cops did. So 
now they were staking out at his house to try to find him. And the way they arrested him was that he was on his way to... Oh, okay, so they thought he was... A, oh, wait. This isn't even in America. This is UK. I said this whole thing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the UK, and they thought he was American. Okay. So they were like, okay, uh, because he's American, he might have a gun. David might have a gun, or Ron, whoever his name was. Mm-hmm. So they decided to... I don't know why, but they decided that he was going to be arrested with armed officers. So they... He was coming out, like, they were staking out his house, and he came out into, got into a taxi, and they were driving off, and the armed officers drove, like, uh, kind of, like, stopped the car, okay. and they arrested him. He was very calm. The whole time he was calm. Okay. So they took him in, and they found that he had two identification, like, he had documents for a David Davis and Ron Platt, both okay. for him. Okay. So, but that was still not enough. <laughs> Why do you look like that? Because I'm so confused. Like, where the <laughs> fuck is this going? So he didn't have, he didn't have, um... But that wasn't enough to like convict him of murder. Like, well, that yeah. Wasn't enough but like, thing. wouldn't he get arrested for like, um, what's it called? Identity like, theft. Yeah. They, I don't know why, but they just said it was not. Maybe I don't know why, but they were like that's not enough to convict him, so they didn't convict him. Okay. But they did. They did. Ugh, they did think he was an American, so they put him through like the system, and they found out like he was an international criminal on the Interpol's Interpol's most wanted list. Holy shit! Right? And his name. His name wasn't even uh, David? David Davis. It was Albert Walker. What the fuck? So, what a what a what a sly so, name to pick, man. <laughs> so when he uh, when he was arrested, they put his thumbprints through to Interpol because now they figured out he was like on the most wanted list, and they were like, no, he's he's not even American. He was Canadian, and he was wanted for. So he was he owned an investment company in Canada, and he ran away. I don't know why, but he broke up with his wife. He divorced his wife in Canada, and he ran away with three point two million dollars. <gasps> From his clients. Oh my god. And he took his daughter with her, him. And his daughter's name isn't even Noelle. It's Sheena. Okay. And... So gross. And his wife? His wife that was so much younger than him? Was his daughter. I knew it! Wait, oh my god. What? Wait, so then what about the daughter? So when the... So, okay. When the police found out that his name was um, Albert Walker, they kind of... They went back to Canada because in Canada, they were looking for Albert Walker. But, but now, by now, he was David Davis. And he took that name off one of his clients. So it wasn't like a total... <gasps> he became one of his clients. Oh my god. Wait, wait. So then how is he and Ronald... They are friends, right? So they became friends, but he brought them onto a scheme. So because he... They wanted to go off to Canada. So he was like, oh yeah, sure. He let, he let them go off to Canada. So now he was in the UK with his own identity. There's no other Ronald Platt in the UK. Oh so he could live out his... So he killed Ronald, right? So wait, there's no evidence for that yet, okay, right? So okay. he couldn't be uh, convicted of anything. So they all, everyone knew it was him, but no one can convict him. This is like fractured. Do you, do you remember? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. So they couldn't convict him, but everyone knew it was him. Okay. And so they went to Canada and they told him because now they know who he is and what he's done. And uh, they went to the family. The family was saying that uh, they he was supposed to go on a skiing trip. They assumed he was on a skiing trip with his daughter. And when they didn't come back for like, it was like a really suspiciously long time. And she was 15 at the time. She knows 15 when they ran away. Her picture was circulating like worldwide, uh-huh. but they couldn't find her. I don't know why. Hey, so but... what happened to the wife? So the wife was actually the daughter. Yeah, but you know what? They never said how. Like, I... so the she's daughter... got two kids, right? Yeah. But they never like specifically. They didn't like explicitly say that it was his kids, like with her. Because he had a family, like he posed as Ron Flat yeah, with a so family. You're he had which, a daughter with his daughter. That's a, that's they never explicitly said that, so I think they're writing another story. I'll tell you. Like <laughs> I think that's what happened, but it's so sick. Ew! This is imagine your granddaughter is also too. your daughter. Oh fucking gross. Okay. Um. Also, yeah. So when they went to arrest his daughter, by the way, mm-hmm. they found like lots of different currencies. His wife. Okay. So after they arrested him, they went back to arrest the wife and well, why they the two kids. Because you, I guess they thought maybe not arrest, but I guess they wanted to hold her into custody because okay, okay. they thought they were working together. And they found like gold bars, they found expensive paintings, they found lots of money in different currencies. Okay. And uh, so now, so now they have him, but they don't have anything convicted to convict him of. So they were like, okay, we need to find. They went to talk to the, his neighbors, and they found out he had a boat. And this guy was uh, Ron, the real Ron, was found okay. in the water. Oh, right? yeah. So they assumed, okay, maybe they went on a fishing trip. So we need to find that boat. We need to find that evidence. But they couldn't find the boat like anywhere. They didn't even know anything of it. And they found out later it was named Lady Jane. But again, they couldn't find anything. And an inspector, this inspector who was supposed to go uh, look for the boat, 
for some reason, like, again, this is, like, by chance, he was a sailor. So he was like, oh, I know where the boat is. <laughs> it's down by these docks. And okay. they went there, and, yeah, that's where the that's where the boat was so they got into the boat they investigated the boat and there was they found traces of ron's blood and his hair on the cushions and they found another uh carrier bag which had his fingerprints on it so they went to where the, they went to the store they located back to the store and he bought an anchor they the shop owner was like yeah two men came in they bought an anchor but the anchor okay they bought an anchor but on the boat when they went to check the boat the boat already had an anchor and the anchor that they bought they traced it the anchor they bought wasn't even meant for this boat like it couldn't fit on this boat mm-hmm. but do you remember there was an anchor that rolled up with the dead body yeah. so they were like holy shit like they didn't think this anchor had, they really didn't know what to do with the anchor but they thought maybe it, they didn't think it was going to be so vital to the case and it was that was the anchor and later they figured it out that was what was used to bruise him so the the, the anchor had I don't know what like the material was all over his belt and his clothes and also his wounds matched that like you could I don't know how these forensic guys did it but it matched his wounds so they assumed that he hit he beat him up with the anchor and then tied it to his belt and dropped him into sea uh, but I don't know why but still this wasn't enough to convict him of murder what the fuck? because they couldn't tie him to all this okay so uh, when he went on it was only in like 1998 in June 1998 when they went uh, when they went on trial for this for murder when he went on trial for murder but he was and he, the whole time he was calm and he was confident he didn't think he was gonna go to jail so they have him on like they, he's on Interpol's most wanted list so they have him for yeah. all that fraud so that he was he was like okay yeah that's all me but he was like um, he had to admit to all that but he still kept saying he didn't murder him he didn't murder Ron which I thought was so stupid and they couldn't convict him of it I don't know why they couldn't uh-huh. I don't know why they couldn't do it but they couldn't so later what he did was the Rolex that he that was on Ron's uh, wrist it had stopped and it stopped like I don't know why but it said after 48 hours it like, kind of froze so you got the date and you got the time so the time wasn't really like too important but the date was so they could trace it back like 48 hours so it happened between that time and also where he was located they could they went onto the boat and they found it's called a, they found the computer memory of the boat's global positioning system and they found that the boat was nearby on that same day so that's how they managed to so he finally got so that's how he got convicted but like but everything was by chance him okay, accidentally yeah. like the rolex watch i don't know why that was but like the the fact that he was wearing that and the fact that another officer no i think it was like the serial number the mm-hmm. the fact that maybe because he sent it for servicing i don't know how but i just didn't get why he killed him so he could be ron flat yeah but did he kill the other guy too when he when he became david no Davis? so this is i think this is what it was so and i'm pretty sure this is what it was. so he went to when he came to the uk so he's from canada right when he came to the uk he took on his client's uh, identity so david davis yeah but because david davis lives in canada it's not a big like yeah. deal so when he came up to the UK, he found this couple who was going off to Canada. He was like, great, they're going off to Canada. Okay, well, I can Ryan take... was, was it, was in Canada, or was he not? He wasn't in Canada. He came back, I think. And... Um, uh, why did you just steal someone else's? So they were, they were off in Canada, and he... When he came back to... When he came to the UK, he was like, okay, these people are going off to Canada, so I'm going to use his... I'm going to take his identity. Yeah. So when Elaine came back, he was like already like oh, oh okay, go yeah. back like go back to Canada be with him you guys and she was like no I'm not doing that so he kind of moved away but I think Ron came back and I don't know why but I think Ron came back and so he was like I don't know why he had to kill him why didn't he and just like even, find someone else I don't know but that seems a little extreme you could just steal someone else's identity you know <laughs> but also I thought it was something it was, I don't know why but I it's not cool I just thought it was cool that everything was by accident. The, was like, the anchor was by accident. Uh-huh, the, yeah. m- like going to the wrong house. It's all by accident. Maybe like every night you start meditating. I will find. <laughs> okay, that's all for us this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you 